Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast Q&A with Suresh Gunasekaran, President and CEO of UCSF Health. In this interview, Gunasekaran talks about why he has always gravitated to academic medical centers, the challenges leaders face in sustaining growth while still providing quality care, how his experiences as both CIO and COO helped him prepare for the CEO role, and why he believes the time is ripe to start focusing more on health equity. So what was it about this role that uh, most appealed to you, the role and and the organization? Yeah, I've always been attracted to working for academic medical centers because I really believe that the best environment to really deliver excellent patient care is an environment in which we care deeply about the education mission uh, making sure we train the next generation of healthcare professionals, uh, be in an environment that's really committed to doing world-class research and advancing medicine, but at the same time also have a deep patient care mission where you're really dedicated to serving the needs of the entire community. And academic medical centers have a unique role in bringing all three of those things together. And UCSF is simply one of the best in the country at doing that and has a long tradition of excellence in their training programs, excellence in our research programs, and a really strong commitment to the health of the Bay Area and and the country. Right. And so when you look at University of Iowa Hospital and Clinics, um, through there about three years, from what I see, it looks like there was really a lot of growth during that time, not just physical footprint, but through collaboration partnerships. So I just wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on how that process went, like, you know, your thoughts about the growth and what that was like. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a time of growth. And, but I think that broadly, the, the story of the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics is that we're the only university hospital in the entire state and serve Iowans from across all 99 counties of Iowa, which means that patients travel hundreds of miles to get their care at the university because we offer programs that are really needed for the state. And so for us, the challenge has always been, what can we do to benefit the state the most? And some of that, as you mentioned, can be done by building buildings and creating capacity in Iowa City, Iowa, which is where we are. The other way of of having an impact statewide is to have more partnerships and collaborations with other healthcare organizations across the state so we can meet Iowans where they are and uh, hopefully help them here at UIHC, but also allow them to follow up in their local communities. And so a lot of our work has been very collaborative. Right. And in terms of uh, sustaining that growth, what was the biggest challenge to kind of, you know, wanting to grow, but also not get too big and making sure that patients are getting the the localized care that they need? Yeah. I mean, I think that for us, it's a unique situation in the fact that there's so much demand for our services at any given time. There are weeks to get in for an appointment or so many other hospitals that want to transfer us patients, but we're out of space. So for us, the most difficult part is how do you not fulfill all of that's being requested of you. We, we'd prefer to see more patients. We'd prefer to have more space. But I think the goal was really, how can we do a good job at delivering high quality patient care and take care of our employees during this period of time where we're taking care of so many patients? Um, it's really right. just such a high workload. And then pile on top of that, the pandemic. And it, it's been a really 
challenging time to keep up, if you will. Yeah. So in your role as CEO, I'm sure that staying in communication was a key focus, especially really early on. So can you talk about kind of how you approached that? Yeah. I think that in any organization, communication is really important, especially an organization with 12,000 people. I think that what really changed, however, was when you're in a pandemic and you're in the healthcare industry, so much is changing within your own institution and within the industry. And I think that really created a real burning platform where so many of our staff had questions. They wanted to know what's the plan? How are we going to stay safe? How are we going to take care of patients? How are we going to make sure we don't run out of supplies? How do we work with other hospitals from around the state? There was an endless stream of questions that were really relevant to getting the work done. And so we tried our best to uh, communicate with our teams through all the mechanisms possible. We sometimes used email, sometimes we did town halls, sometimes we did video conference, sometimes we had to communicate to the public. And so there was just a multifaceted kind of communication strategy. And we tried to use everything that we could to make sure that our team felt informed and felt like they knew what was going on. And of course, it doesn't, it's not made easier by the fact that, you know, there, there was so much changing so quickly, especially early on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So prior to that, you were with University of Texas Southwestern and holding both the CIO and COO roles. So can you talk a bit about first what it was like and why you wanted to, to make that move from CIO to COO? Sure. I didn't have a very traditional route to be a CIO. I started my career in operations and uh, then kind of took a turn into IT. So for me, the journey from CIO to COO was more of returning to my roots more than anything else. But um, no, I think that the real reason being a CIO was so meaningful to me and so impactful to me is that a CIO is fundamentally partnering on virtually every aspect of the healthcare enterprise. And so through my decade of being a CIO, I was able to work with colleagues from across UT Southwestern on various different things to improve clinical quality or improve clinical efficiency or improve our marketing or improve our disaster response or improve our ability to open new locations or improve our financial or operational efficiency. There were just so many different opportunities as a CIO to be a partner in that journey. And um, that was really compelling to me. Uh, at the same time, you know, I was CIO during an era where everyone was doing enterprise EMR implementations. We were no different at UT Southwestern. And uh, it was very valuable to, to be part of the leadership team that was rolling out this very uh, transformational investment in our infrastructure. And I think that every healthcare institution during my generation remembers what it was like before the EMR and after the EMR. It really was... Right a huge moment. And I think that for me, that defined a lot of, of being a CIO. But I think ultimately the transition to, to being back to a COO was to work on different problems, to add value in different ways. And I thought that I had a contribution to make in working in the operations and working across departments like I did as a CIO, but now not just focus on the technology, but actually focus on the bedside, focus on the clinic, focus on the OR, focus on those areas where we do touch patients and make sure that, you know, we're making an impact. And so that was really the basis of the transition. Right. And then when you took on the, the CEO role at University of Iowa, 
I can imagine that you really do use components from both of those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anyone that becomes a CEO um, draws on different areas of expertise in their own personal journey. And for me, I, I take a great deal from being a CIO. I mean, I think a CIO uh, really focuses on a couple of things that kind of take for granted. All the excellent CIOs figure that out is, is how to run a really reliable IT organization where things don't go mm -hmm. down, where things are always available for the organization. And similarly, in operations, most healthcare organizations are really focused on a high reliability paradigm around their quality to make sure that we are always highly reliable and safe in our practices around patients. So both the CIO role and the COO role have competencies in that. Similarly, efficiency. As a CIO, we were always focused on how could we use our resources most efficiently? How can we make sure to save money for the organization? How could we improve throughput? Similarly, in the COO role, there was a big focus on efficiency as well. But this time, how do we use our staff more efficiently? And how can we make sure patients don't wait as much? And then the third piece yeah. in both roles is that you've got strategy. So you spend a lot of time in, as a CIO strategizing over how you can use technology to help enhance the business. And similarly, uh, as a COO, you think strategically about how you can transform your operations to deliver new clinical capabilities that you don't offer today. And so I think both of these roles were very, very important in me being successful as a CEO. Yeah. And then... Obviously, having the experience in those two areas was significant, but in terms of, you know, making that transition, did you reach out to others who have been in similar situations or how did you kind of, you know, make that transition? Yeah, I think um, in two ways. Uh, one, I've always throughout my career, whether it's when I was a, not a senior leader or even when I was a CIO or a COO or even the CEO, you always have bosses and mentors to, uh, continue to develop you, to help you uh, learn new things, help you um, analyze new situations, help model behavior that you can use to be a better leader. But the other technique is obviously what you said, which is to reach out to peers that are going through similar challenges or have more experience than you do in a given area. And uh, I've been lucky uh, as a CIO, COO, and CEO to be able to have reached out to a lot of colleagues that were very helpful to me, both in onboarding in my role, but even after I got rolling, I've gotten a lot of really good advice from my my colleagues. Yeah, I think that that seems like it's so key. I mean, nobody starts out as a CEO. Everyone's got, you know, some kind of valuable advice. Absolutely. At UCSF Health, Obviously, that there's there's so much going on. It's such a you know large organization. They're doing so much. But are there particular areas that you really want to focus on? One of the things I was going to ask about is health equity. Is that one of the areas that you could see really wanting to to get into? Yeah, I, I think for sure. I mean, UCSF already has such a rich tradition in focusing on health equity, but it, it, it's one of those areas that I think of a lot like clinical quality. Since the IOM mm -hmm. study in 2001 on medical errors, it spawned within the industry a multi-decade focus on the need for patient safety and uh, clinical quality and outcomes to be a real focus of figuring out whether we are successful as healthcare organizations. And I think the, the next decade or two is really gonna focus on health equity. And I think that UCSF is at the forefront of thinking about that and will continue to push that forward. I mean, they're, they're simpler things, 
to understand, like access, making sure patients, regardless of their socioeconomic background base, regardless of the zip code that they were born in or live in, regardless of their racial or ethnic background or gender identification, that they are able to access healthcare services. But I think the next frontier is also to design healthcare systems that are successful at getting all community members the same health outcomes. And that's really the heart of health equity is how can we make sure that our healthcare system delivers appropriately for all uh, citizens that are trying to access the system. Right. Right. And one of the things that we hear when in talking about equity is that forming partnerships, community organizations, things like that are key. And I've heard about a lot of this that's in place in some of the areas of California. So it seems like some of the important groundwork has been done, but it's a matter of kind of moving that forward. Absolutely. I mean, I think that when we started thinking about clinical quality, we started realizing that organizations have to collaborate in order for there to be the best clinical quality for patients. And I think the same is true as you're saying with health equity is that there are a lot of different organizations that many community members touch, and it's uh, incumbent on us to forge the right partnerships and to promote the right kinds of collaboration for the benefit of the community. With an organization that does have, it's a large organization, does that affect your approach as far as like getting familiarized with the other members of leadership, or how do you approach that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, it's going to take me a while to to figure out the organization. The only way I'm going to be able to do that is by engaging with my colleagues and learning from them and listening to them, understanding what they're seeing and facing on the front lines and doing my best to support them. So uh, I think that this will be a a journey, but one I'm really excited to do. Uh, It's a wonderful organization, UCSF. It's a remarkable community in in the Bay Area and um, really looking forward to, to being part of the team. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.